0: Thank you for joining me on the Investing for Freedom podcast. I say this all the time, but I am super excited for this episode. And I don't say this all the time, and I don't take this lightly. Uh, Mr. Daniel Del Real, who's our guest today, is probably literally one of my favorite humans in the world. If I ever, and I've never told Daniel this, but I'm saying it now, I know that if I was ever in trouble emotionally, if Kara and I were having issues, if, you know, I needed to talk about money, finance, if there was ever a time that I needed to pull back the curtain and I needed somebody in my life that I knew that I could trust that would give me first and foremost, the honest answer, but also love and support me through that. It's this man. And also What's even better? He's a family man. He loves his wife. He loves his kids. He loves his business. He loves his team. He just loves people and he loves people hard. And so I think we're just going to have an amazing conversation today. So uh, they, they're jokingly, people always say uh, they call him double D or Mr. Keep it Del Real. Um, and so, Daniel, thank you for being on the show.
1: Everybody likes a set of double D's, right? Yeah, for sure. <laughs> <laughs> no nah, that's funny. The nickname. Yeah, thank you, man. I I feel the same. I feel the same way, man. I think, you know, when you meet certain people, I feel like I don't know. It's it's God, the world that they, you see that they have an anointing around them, right? And you see, I, I I felt the same way when I first met you um years ago, man. And I'm like, there's something about. Mike, it's just the way he carries himself, the way he talks, the way he's just you have this calm, thoughtful demeanor. And then you also take it, take action. And I, you could see that, that you're always in a room and, and and you're trying to add value to people instead of extracting value. And and it's just a beautiful thing, the way that the way that you are, the way you inspire a lot of other people in in, in the tribe that we're in and go you know, and, and in just my life as well. So thank you, man. And I feel the same way. So you can, anytime you're in, if you're in Mexico, bro, you get, you get locked up in jail, call me up, man. I'll bail you out for sure. We might have to use David, David's jet, but you know what? I'll, I'll definitely put the call in.
0: Yeah. And I, I know you would too. It's exciting. We're going to get into a lot of great things. Um, Daniel, along with Aaron West, who's a, a future guest on the show. They run a a show called seven to eight. That's, you know, super empowering within the GoBundance community. Um, Daniel is literally a pillar in the community. Um, so many people just look up to this man and I'm just really excited for, for the conversation today. So Daniel, who has had the greatest impact on your life?
1: You know, I, I came from an immigrant family. So my dad came, my dad and mom came from Mexico at, at they they were teenagers, uh, really no education and, um, and they made shit happen for us. They gave us opportunity. They really, uh, helped us kind of see, uh, not streets, but gold. Right. My dad used to always see it's not the you know, when you look down the street, you don't see pavement, you see opportunity. And he he did it with very limited amount of resources, but his just vision was so, so, so big. And my mom's vision was so big that um I saw them really prioritize what was important to our family and create that culture um that that I live uh I live today. So it's it's hard not to not to say my dad and, and it's interesting because like if my if my dad's not the smartest guy in the world and and it really taught me that it's not about what you could teach your kids but what you could show your kids and i i, I might have not learned a lot intellectually from my dad but i caught a shitload of who i am today uh, with that so my dad and my mom have probably had the biggest impact in in my life like hands down
0: you know i love uh i was talking to somebody the other day actually and they were talking about how um, he's street smart and she's book smart and they make like the ultimate, you know, package and com- combination. But I love what you said about your dad. Like he might not be the smartest person, but it sounds like he was really street smart, right? Like um, just smart in life. So it's, it's pretty cool.
1: Yeah. Just the way he showed up every day. And, and it goes back, like, I know you're, you're you know, I mean with you and your son and and what your son does and, and the way that you guys carry yourself, your kids, they don't, They don't care what you say, like a lot of it, like they do care, like what you teach them, you know, academically, but really they're looking and they're looking at you and they're going to, they're going to mirror what you do, the way you carry yourself, whether you, you know, how you eat, how you show up as a family, as a husband, you know, as a father, um, and so uh, I think that's that was that was co- that was one of the coolest things that that i I got to experience with, with my dad is that I just saw how he showed up for us and and how he went to work all the time um in, in a very purposeful manner, and he was just prioritized what was important to 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 us and it's something that I see in you too, you know like the way that your your kids are and look at look at what he's doing now and what you were doing It's like look he's like a he's just starting like twenty years before you did, so I'm excited to see what 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 you've taught him on, on your actions and what he's going to be able to accomplish, you know?
0: Yeah. It's fun to watch. And Karen and I were just talking about that the other day, because, you know, a lot of parents, like to your point, teach them, you know, books and lessons and sit them down. We never really did a lot of that. We were just with them all the time. Right. And we also had a lot of open conversations with our kids. Like like just, I mean, we didn't have a lot of closed, Like this is a conversation for when the kids aren't around. Of course, there's some of those Um, But for the most part, like we just had open communication and Carol was talking about this the other day. She said, it's fun watching our kids navigate this as they've gotten older, Um, you know, and all of our kids are now graduated and, and kind of navigating this. But the point that she made was, you know, we gave them the taste of, and we'll get into some of this because you, you guys are, you guys are in the same boat and do the same thing, but we've given them the taste of freedom, lifestyle, what, you know, being able last year when, when we lost, you know, a family member to, to suicide, we were able to take, you know, time off and, and travel to Arizona and just be present. And that's like in the worst of scenarios, but even in the best of scenarios, like, you know, one time Dylan was struggling in his business and we just t- took some time off him and I, and, and went skiing. And so we've, we've given them the taste of freedom and now they're navigating between freedom and making money and and what does that look like? And it's really fun to watch, right? Because I think what most parents do, and I'd love your take on this because you kind of spawned it in my brain, but I think what most of us do is prep them for, you know, good grades, good college, good job. It's all about what we're really driving is money. At the end of the day, money, importance, significance in the workplace, when in reality, and, the, you know, I don't, I don't know if we did a good job or not, but our kids seem to be okay I kind of feel like it's the opposite. Like we need to teach them how to enjoy life and have the good things in life and be good humans and just have fun and enjoy themselves and figure out what they want, not what everybody else wants for them.
1: Yeah. I mean, I think, uh, you, you had a lot of valid points there so at the same time. You also have to create purposeful trauma for the kids. Right. Um, one of the conversations that we we have is like, look, as an immigrant, I didn't grow up with a lot. I know your story. I know you didn't grow up with a lot. You had a fight. You, you were a scrappy dude. And that's why you got here. Eventually you had to put that guy to rest to evolve to the, to the man you are today. But, you know, um, I, I always ask myself that look like, I want I want my kids number one to live life in gratitude because we have a, a lot right and and not only gratitude because gratitude will end up opening doors up for opportunity for them right just being in a grateful state. Um, but if they live life in servitude, um, then it kicks the door down. Um, you're serving your audience right now, you're providing all this content, you're changing the world, you know, an interview at a time, your social media has all this, you know, positivity, and you're having impact, you're serving others. And then I guarantee that the door of op- the door has been kicked down an opportunity, You probably see opportunities right now that you wouldn't even imagine just because you're so consistent to that vision of service. And so I, I always like, one of the things as an immigrant, I always want to be be very aware that you know, I don't want to just give my kids everything that I didn't have. That's what we want to focus on. We want to shelter them. We want to give them everything we didn't have. But instead, I'm like, can I give him and them what, you know, what I had that made me who I am? Like, what kind of purposeful trauma can I create in them so then they can use that trauma as not a residence, Right. But help them and show up just like you did with your son. Um, and, and use it as, as a reference, not a residence, right? Say, Hey, that's a reference point. And, and so the way we show up as, as, as a parent, it's interesting because when I think back, even in, 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 in my memories with my dad, there is probably 5% of the things that he did in, in my life that create 80% of the memories that I think of my dad, the reference points, right? And a lot of that had to do is how he let me, let me fail, how he made me feel and how he showed up to that. So in life only has uh, certain opportunities that, that, that it's certain times that it gives you that opportunity to really show up and have impact in your kids. And and sometimes you got to let them fail. And then you have to drop everything and show up for them just like you did, you know, with, with, with your kid. And it's like, look, I have so many friends that uh, are maybe present with their kids a lot, or they're 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 there with their kids a lot, but they're not being very purposeful And, and, or if things go bad, they're, they're not, they're not making, you know, they're not dropping everything and making their kids an absolute priority you know you build relationships in life um in, in the military you would see it in in stressful situations right and it, i was i was in service with some of the guys and you go in and you, you you go into hostile environments and very stressful environments and if those guys called me right now 20 years later hey i need some help guess what i i I'd be there. I just sent three three vets, even my brother-in-law that served with me, um, and I paid for a retreat, their mastermind. I, mean, I think I spent fifteen grand a, a guy, and sent him over on this retreat um, because I know they needed the help, right? So, and, and trauma and, and hard times create uh, moments of bonding um, as a, as a parent as well, and we just have to make sure that that we show up. Uh, in a manner that is going to create that bond for, for our kids. And, you know, it's similar to what, what you just, what you just talked about. And then just making sure that as parents, that we're, we're not only giving them everything we didn't have, but, you know, really giving them the stuff that made us who we are. And, and sometimes that is the struggle and that is letting them fall, letting them get hurt, you know, uh, failing forward.
0: That's so good, man. You know, I, um, my, my middle son, Tim, who will be listening to this, he, he, he's a podcast editor. Um, he's actually coming, he's coming back to Austin and he's going to work in the business or businesses, I guess. Um, I was just having this conversation with Kara and I haven't talked to him about this yet, but again, he's going to hear it before. Um, you know, I even get a chance to chat with him. But the thing that I told Kara, I said, I'm really excited about Tim coming back. I set a goal of like an intentional monthly meeting with each kid as they've gotten older. Like I want to have like money and mindset and business meetings with them once a month and just be intentional about that. Right. But what I'm what I'm excited with Tim about is like, you know, I'm going to get to work with him on a daily basis and kind of integrate him in the business. I don't know if this is going to be a six month thing or one year or 10 years, or I actually said, I said, Tim, you know, there's no pressure in this. Like you can come and just spend some time, learn the business and no matter what, it's going to benefit you in anything you do. And he said, who knows, maybe I'll run the business. And I was like, dude, that would be awesome. Like but the thing that I'm disconnected from the outcome, because one thing that I think we've done really well is like, only thing I want for my kids is whatever they want for themselves. Right. And so like, even back to the, with Tim, um, I was telling Kara just this morning on the way back from the gym, the only thing that has me nervous. And again, he's going to get to hear this before I get to talk to him is that he's going to see everything, man. Like, even what I was talking about earlier, like our kids have seen, we, we're pretty open with our conversation But there's, you know, there's just some things you just don't talk about. And I told Kara, I said, this is the only thing that has me nervous is like, he's going to see everything like the good, the bad, the struggles. Cause I think a lot of times people have this idea, like business is all wins and victories. Right. And maybe we get into this, but like things are tough sometimes. And Kara looked at me and she said, I think it's going to be really good for him.
1: Yeah. I mean, that's a, that's a gift. You know the lessons are are in that struggle. That's what we want to create in our kids. And then you know you go through like he's gonna go. He's gonna see his dad, and he might see you. In and in, and this is the beauty about well, like even with my kids is like I want them to see me struggle, and I want them to see me grow, and I want them to see me discern and go through that rapid discovery of pushing myself. Uh, constantly to, to to grow and be better right and so my son sees me seek fear all the time and and so he i bring him to conferences with me i talk to him about certain properties i talk to him about losses that that have had i've talked to him about lessons because that's what the that's where the growth really comes from and and if we're really gonna set them up to succeed do you think as a business owner like yourself as a man business owner as a, as a father as a husband um that that you're you're seeking fear right now mike like you're seeking fear right now. You're like, and what do you, what do you, um, why are you seeking fear? You're trying to find your your new capability. Like, what are you capable of? And your, your son gets a front row seat of that. And if that's not a gift, man, I, I, I don't know what it is, right? And because he's learning that right now, imagine what he's, what you're positioning him to do in the future, you know, that's going to serve him in a way saying, look, I, I had a front row seat to my dad going through all this. And I saw, I've seen the life that he's built because he's seeked fear and he's found capabilities and capacities that are just a beautiful thing. So, um, yeah, I think it's going to be a great gift for him.
0: Yeah, it's exciting. You know, one funny thing on that note, and then and then we'll move on. Um, we were in a mastermind a couple of years ago with uh, Chris and Lori Harder. It was a, a group of couples. It wasn't really a mastermind. We, they just put three trips together and we just spent the year together as couples. And one of the couples in there is really, really successful. And we were talking about kind of this same thread and subject. And the guy said, you know, we've told our kids since they were little, you're not rich. I'm rich. <laughs> I just thought that was like a, just a, such a straightforward way. He's like, um, just, just hit it straight on. You're not rich. I'm rich. <laughs> yeah.
1: Yeah. No, and, and I, I love that. I think there's two, I'll challenge that. I have challenged a couple guys with that because, you know, sometimes when I hear that, I I think of a, of a, of a cop out, right. Saying, Hey, look, you got to go earn your shit. Like I'm, I'm rich. I've done, I've done it. You got to go figure your shit out. Mm-hmm. Um, and that, what that tells me is like, look, my ayala's wealth is always going to grow right and if, if wealth comes with a level of responsibility mm-hmm. and and so it's our job to continue to arm our kids not to not to just say hey you got to go build your wealth but uh, are they gonna have a strong enough back and mind and heart to carry the wealth that the you know the strain or the the weight that our wealth is eventually going to to give to them, and they're going to have different opportunities as as well. So that I, I've had conversations with a lot of abundance guys where they're like, you know, hey man, my kids got to go figure it out, and I'm like, dude, I totally. If you could if you could have them figure it out, so that way they could come back stronger. But in reality, um, you know, if if they're going to fall into your world and they're going to have better opportunities because of the wealth that you're building, you almost have to work on um, their heart, their back and their mind to make sure that it's strong enough to carry the weight that the opportunities in the business that you're building is, is also gonna, gonna, gonna present to them because they're, they're, they are going to have a shooting ladder experience where they're going to have more opportunities than other people uh, will have. So having them come into the business and learn that straight from you Um, and it's, it's not, you know, it's not like what you're going to teach him, what he's going to listen to while he's hearing you, but what he's watching, what he's seeing you do and and step stepping out of your comfort zone and watching you grow as a man, you know, even though, you know, you're his father, you're, you're still seeking that. So I think that's, that's a, that's a true gift. Um, but we do, we always have to focus on, on making sure that they're, they're strong enough to be able to, um really carry uh, some of the some of the weight of, of the opportunities they're going to have in their world that we maybe didn't have.
0: Yeah, I'm I'm really glad that you brought that up. You know, I have this I have this dream. It's been on my it's been in my thoughts for probably 5 years, but I've had it literally on a vision board. I've got it pretty clear. Um I have this idea where and like I said before, I we we want to cultivate our kid, kids' gifts. Like we don't want anything for them that they don't want. However, Um, Just like Tim stepping into the business, I've got this idea, and Karen and I have talked about this for three years now, and I've actually set a timeline to it. I want a $25 million family office. And now that doesn't mean that, even forget about the dollar amount for a second. That's just what I have in my head. But I want a physical building that the family owns, and I want the top floor to be our offices. And once a quarter... Whatever it is, if it's 5 million or 10 million or 25 million, I just got a number in my head. Anybody who wants to participate in the family wealth needs to come in once a quarter. There's extenuating circumstances, but we come in once a quarter and we meet and we talk through things and you partake and participate in in the family business. It's more than just a family office. It's the family business. And if somebody doesn't want to, they don't have to but I don't want to be the guy on my deathbed that I've seen families get ripped apart by money, death and trust and wealth. And I don't want to be that guy, but also like, I don't want to be the guy that gives to everybody equally too. I just don't want money to be an issue. And I want us to talk about it early on rather than later. I was in Cabo. Karen and I were in Cabo in December with some friends and this guy showed up on the last night, him and his wife, I won't mention his name. Um, but you know, he's a billionaire and the last two years, and, and they're kind of working through the next probably one to two years. All the kids have been going through, you know, transition and they're in training and, and trying to figure out what the business looks like. Cause the parents are getting older and, and who wants to be involved. And I just love the principle of, of getting involved. And I was with um, David Green from Hobby Lobby and they were talking about, so David Green is the founder. And I think there's like, they're like the, he's like the eighth richest guy in the world or something. Here's what's crazy. Everybody in the family Gets paid according to what they do in the business. That's it. It's crazy. There's so many yeah. ways to think about money, and I just I kind of like the concept of family business, family office, where if you participate, you get to participate.
1: So, so I've I've, I've had the privilege of building a business, right, and and, and also um, working in sales, where you know you bring on massively talented people. Right. Um, and and one of the things that we always I always look at is is it, it, in order to retain talent, my world has to continue to grow and it's to give them enough time to achieve their goals and their dreams and find their their meaning within my world. And if not, they'll eventually phase out. Right. And you focus on making people as good as they possibly can be so they could leave you at any time, but build a culture and a business that keeps them there because of that. Um, and you have to be okay with them flying. But if I'm treating my business that way, why wouldn't I treat my family that way? Like I have the same vision. I'm like, look, what is my son and daughter, my two kids, my two sons and daughter are gonna do? I, I don't know, but I my job is to have this vision big enough. Um, so that way they have an opportunity to meet and, 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 and create their own dream life within my world and so my responsibilities continue to to seek fear and grow and uh, and and be a good steward of what god has trusting me with in hopes that i built a world large enough that my son wanted to you know, say my son wanted to be an attorney says you know what i'm going to do law i'm going to do real estate law i'm going to help with development i'm going to help with whatever right um if my daughter's like you know what i'm going to work on non-profit get my master's in the non-profit and, and then she ends up running our non our family non-profit then hey then i created a world so my my job is to constantly keep growing my world so my kids could find their voice and I could create opportunities for them to be able to build a dream life for themselves. Um, and they could find their, 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 their true passion of, of what is, what it is for them, but yet have an opportunity to do that with me. Right. So good. that for me would be like a dream. So I have that in a vision, like a, my 10 year vision that I have a, you know, a family office that, that, uh, you know, that's large enough where my kids could really build an amazing future and wealth within that world. And that's really how you're gonna how you're gonna continue to keep talent is you're gonna constantly keep growing your world. um, So that way you have they have opportunities to continue to grow theirs, and then you get to retain them because they have that.
0: So good, man. Question number two, we got through one. (laughs) if you could narrow it down to one thing that has had the greatest impact on your success, what would that be?
1: Greatest impact on my success was, um, to be honest, would be the military. Um, when I went into the air force and it was beautiful to see, I didn't understand it. It's, it's, what's beautiful about this, about this life is like, you know, it's, we, we, we get exposed to, um, theories, right? And, and success theories initially, we, you know, we understand them and then we, we chased our whole life trying to, realize them and and so for me i look at it now i'm like man the military and the Air Force really got me to come in and the first thing they do in basic training is the the only goal is for them to strip down all the labels that you had in the past whether you're a poor kid rich kid m- minority whatever whatever labels you have the the job for the military is to wash all those labels out and now you know the service aspect of, of now it's country first right country first and not only that but also your peers right accountability of peers so if i if i look at that that really kind of that really helped because i did have a lot of limited beliefs and labels that i had that that other people gave me and going into the service really really destroyed all those and allowed me to really be the man that i am today and then i ended up you know um building the life that, that I have, that I have today, you know, and, and there'd be times in the military too, like when it comes down to the work ethic it's is there wasn't a day that we had off in the military. There was just a day that the, the, the country told us we didn't have to wear the uniform, you know? So that kind of work ethic coming in uh, as a civilian, I'm like, man, what the hell do people do uh, all day long? They're just, they're doing what? Uh, and it really primed me to, to really, you know, uh, get the disciplines and, and, and really the, the, the ability to be able to design design the life that I have today.
0: Wow. That's cool. You had mentioned that you served with your brother-in-law. Was he already your brother-in-law or is that how you met your wife? No, that's how I met my wife.
1: Wow. Man, it was a a really cool story because it goes back to like, you know, sometimes uh, God's biggest blessings are his unanswered prayers, right? And so I go into the Air Force and, and uh, I'm, I'm hoping to get stationed back into California. And I end up getting stationed in Minot, North Dakota. And I remember calling my mom, just like devastated, like, oh, man, this is like, I don't even like the cold. I'm a California kid. I'm going to go up there. I'm like, what the hell am I going to do up there? And then just uh, my mom's like, it's going to be all right. It's going to be OK. And I'm like, whatever. You don't you don't know anything, anything about it. Right. Like, yeah, you, I, I just want you to empathize with me, mom. And anyways, I end up going there and her brother was my partner. Uh, I was a cop in the, in the air force and her brother was my partner for like two years and ended introducing, he ended up introducing me to a sister and, you know, 20 years later, three kids later. Um, I, it was, it was the biggest blessing, right. It is, is the fact that I went up there and, uh, I ended up coming back with, with, uh, my small time girl, my wife. <laughs> wow,
0: that's great. Uh, question number three, what was your greatest setback and what did you learn from it?
1: I think, um, setback i would say um i did a lot of stupid investments you know initially um you know i um i learned that um the ability to just stay in my lane you know i lost a lot of time i lost a friendship i lost uh that and it was a it was an a couple investments that just wasn't in my wheelhouse um and and this was like i think maybe four years ago um but the lesson that I, that I, that I learned is like, look, you know, there's, there's a beauty of, 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 of going deep, not wide and, and really, um, the, the power of playing small, small ball. And at the same time winning a game, you know, doing singles and doubles. And then, and then eventually that consistency will give you an opportunity to level up and just having patience and not chasing shiny things. So, um, that, that would be the biggest, biggest lesson.
0: I like it. Last question. And then we'll Get on to even more good stuff um what is the single piece of advice that you think you find yourself sharing the most
1: I would say um I would say I always talk about systems and discipline you know I don't think you know I'm I'm not the I'm not the smartest guy in the world you know I didn't learn English until I was I was 10 um I operate a team that's pretty successful um and I, I and they're not you know, the guys that we have, they're all normal people, guys and girls, we have all normal people. But the the beauty is the systems that we built around us. Mm-hmm. Um, And so the power of, of um, you know, not the, the fact that we don't rise to the level of our goals, we fall to the level of our systems. Mm-hmm. Um, So that's a conversation I just have a lot. You know, it's like, look, if, if you if you want to accomplish certain things in life, like what kind of friction are you going to have around it? What kind of systems are you willing to build? Uh, build behind it and and and, and it's the the, the the goal of it is not to do it until you to get you get it right but do it until you can't get it wrong. You know, and having that level of repetition and that and, and that that trust in the systems that you have that really free up your mental capacity. So that's something that I always frame a lot of my conversations about. You know, I, I end up doing there's a while that I was running um Ironman races. I was doing a ton of investing. I was you know, I was um, running still um, the lead of my, of my sales team. And and I'm like, well, how is it that I was able to achieve all that? It, a lot of it was just it, it, making the systems around my life, saying no to everything, quieting up all the noise, and then just showing up to that consistently. Yeah.
0: You know, I, that's what, one of the things that I love about you, like saying no, and we've talked about this multiple times, but you and I were on an Alaska fishing trip, which by the way, as a side note, um, you guys have decided to turn it into a mastermind this year. I'm super excited to be going. So we'll put some links in the show notes or people can reach out to me um, if they're interested in going to that. But you said something when we were up there, I was like, man, this would be cool. Like, you know, Aaron, you and Aaron were talking about, you know, turning it into a mastermind. And I'm like, man, you should do it. And you're like, what I love about you is like you put everything through the filter of like family. And even there you were kind of like, honestly, when we left Alaska, I was like, yeah, Daniel's never going to do a mastermind up there, but you know, you, you processed it, but I love, I love the values conversation and how you bring everything back to just, as you said, with within the business and how was I allowed to do that? You know, it's process driven, but, but you're a values guy as well. And I love that you're driven by that because your default is like, no. Um, and then, and then you sort through it from there, which, you know, a lot of people's default is yes. And then they get themselves into a hundred different things that don't matter. And so yeah. I loved just having a, a con- we We shared a room and we were just talking and, and, uh, you were just talking about, you know, your, your kids and the age they're in and all of that. And I just really appreciated that.
1: Yeah. It just goes back to like, You know, you you win a war not on the on the bullets that you take that you shoot, but the ones you don't. Right? It's like the times that you restrain from it, and you know if I don't prioritize my life, society will. And that means I have to say, great, I have to learn to say gracefully no to everything because really it's like I have to make sure that I prioritize you know what's important to me and and so a lot of people have a hard time doing that because they don't know what's important to them they don't have enough they don't have a clear enough future like they're not you know when when you really think about it it's like they, they have anxiety or, or they they you know if, if your future is, is not like you know clear enough to sustain you then your present will overwhelm you right so um, a lot of that i take i take very personally Where like look i i'm very clear on where i want to go and i always say it does this align with my frequency and where I, you know where my priorities are and i just i don't let fomo or chasing somebody else's dreams um come in place to that and a lot of my invest investing was was uh that way you know i, I did a lot of that where like look what's the What's going to give me the 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 best time freedom and mental capacity? So it wasn't the biggest return. It's like, what is going to, how much effort goes into this return? And I, and when my time was one of the most important things because I had those priorities very, very clear,
0: man, I love it. Okay. I want to circle back to the real estate thing, because I think we, you know, you run a successful team. You've been at it for a while. You've seen the ups and downs. You really get the fundamentals of real estate. But before we do that, I want to circle back to the 7 to 8 show because you were talking about this. You and Aaron run this show, and I think you can only get it if you're in GoBundance, right?
1: That's right. It's only available for 48 hours as well because of the transparency.
0: Yeah. So it's a great show. And by the way, if any of you that are listening are on the fence join GoBundance, just say Daniel or Mike sent you. It doesn't matter. Um, but this seven to eight show is cool and I'm not trying to sell the show. You made a comment, um, you know, (laughs) part of the thing that you guys talk about on seven to eight a lot is like honoring the person that got you to where you are, but knowing, you know, that, that it's time to move on. And so, I mean, I'll let you talk about that a little bit, but I would also like to know, you know, maybe what are some of the top one or two or three things that you've learned talking on the show. And just to clarify too, maybe tell us what seven to eight actually means because it might be gibberish to everybody.
1: Yeah. So seven to eight means uh, seven to eight figures. So the the journey, we really want to dig into the journey of um, the seven to eight figure net worth mark and what what changes how people build their businesses. So we found that there's a lot of guys that we hang out with or even in abundance, that say the average net worth is two to five million dollars. And they're there and they're like, man, did I get sold a, a, what did I get sold sold on? I mean, if I thought I'd be worth four or $5 million and it feel different. And, and so, um, they don't really so they get frustrated they start chasing different things and so what we wanted to do is create a show that really dug into where momentum really took over you know what what that looked like for people as they went from seven to eight figures um so that way the guys in the audience or the guys and gals in the audience have connection points to say oh shit i'm right there let me stay patiently disciplined in what i'm doing Um, or, or maybe it's, it's a matter of watching, uh, the stories evolve where you could clearly see where the individual that we're interviewing said, look, the person that got me to where I'm at today, um, I understood that I had to put that person that I needed to put that person to rest because that person is now holding me back to where I need to be and knowing when to put that person uh, to rest with honor saying, Hey, thank you for getting me here. Um, i now need to serve my next version of myself and knowing when that is so the 728 show does that it it's like we want to get the stories from the fight so that way the guys and the gals in the audience are, are, are getting um, some connection points to them. So that way they stay patient, patiently disciplined to their journey to, to eight figures in net worth. Because you start seeing that momentum take over after 10, 15 million in net worth. You start seeing the level up of assets. You know, you start seeing mastery achieved in that. And then you start seeing the power of uh, uh, the, the, the even more powerful than capital is that relationship compounding principle of saying um w- what does that look like as well. So that's what the 728 show is. So we go in and we look at everybody's, we look at net worth over the last sometimes 10, 20 years, um, and and we start connecting the dots for the audience to see where it was that they made uh, the changes to get to eight figures and what that story looked like for them. You were a guest on that show. That was that was a, a, an amazing story for you. We've we've had uh, we've interviewed Richard Branson, we've interviewed a bunch of a bunch of guys on it. So it's been it's been really, really neat. But one of the things that I would say is, um, it was it was a big uh, success is never always the same, but it rhymes. And a lot of it is mastery, like these people built wealth going deep right? Building a business and then um, and then having a ton of success in, in that business. So and then quieting up all the noise. So there's a lot of mastery in it. And then the, the other thing would be eventually the involvement, what we just talked about to say, look, understanding that your feedback loop needs to change and, and that eventually you have to get Feedback from somebody that that's maybe five to ten years ahead of you, um, and 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 having those relationships help you also compound compound your wealth. Uh, I think you see that as a as a common theme in the seven to eight show with with the people that we interview.
0: You know, it's it's been fun like listening and watching, and and to your point, it's up for forty eight hours and then it's gone. But I'm curious, you know, as you were talking through it you've had a lot of, you know, different people on there, poker player, NBA, basketball, like all kinds of people. And the thing that was like bouncing in my brain, and I'm just curious of your answer on this, um, you know, there's this conversation happening out in the world. And, and I think it's because real estate's been so sexy the last, you know, 10 or 12 years. Um, you know, all of these people, basketball players, poker players, Richard Brandt, like everybody that's successful, not everybody, but the majority of people that are successful have some level of exposure to real estate, but not everybody who just gets into real estate is successful. And I'm curious, um, because I've been thinking about this, like, I think real estate has become almost like this get rich quick kind of conversation, right? Like all the gurus teaching and I love real estate and I love teaching people how to do real estate and I love investing in real estate. But when you were talking about mastery, Um, mastery of real estate on a, is, is a different level because, you know, the thing that I realized is like, I bought a lot of real estate when I was mastering my, you know, business building career, the HVAC company, I bought a lot of different businesses. I bought a lot of real estate along the way. And then when I sold my business in 2014, I went full-time into real estate because I thought it was easy and it had been because it was pretty passive. Um, but then when I went full-time into it, what I realized is, dude, this is just another freaking business.
1: Yeah. Yeah. 100%. Well, I think, I think uh, wealth either begins or ends in real estate. So it's an an important thing to, to learn. But yeah, it's unsexy until it gets sexy. It's a game of singles and doubles. So a lot of if, if I'm interviewing a, a guy or gal that had uh, success in real estate, it's really unsexy until they, they build a portfolio large enough that they have an opportunity to level up those assets, where it gets really dangerous, where where people don't realize that, look, you win the game by singles and doubles. The, the goal is not to get rich quick, it's to get rich for sure, right, and and it's a, a, a having an infinite game where it's going to create. Uh, opportunities for you to level up your assets when that opportunity comes. So that's, that's a, that's an important thing, but then at the same time, like you can't avoid um, the lessons that you learn buying the initial starting homes of say one to four units, because you go through those four C's of learning, you know, where you, number one, you got to commit to, Hey, I'm going to invest in this asset class. I got to chase fear, which gives me my, my uh, courage. you earn courage, the second C, the third one, you find out what you're capable of and then you find out what your capacity Is what's my capacity at this one to four unit initial game? And then, and then once you do that, then you're like, okay, you find your capacity, and then you have to go through those four C's again and find again new commitments saying, Am I going to level up my assets, chase fear, earn your courage, find out your new capability and capacity as you level up your assets? But it starts initially learning those lessons with uh with the the small ball which eventually puts you puts you in a position to be able to level up assets a lot of people try to get rich quick and go through these big try to get these big properties right away and then they they end up you know getting out of the game because they make one wrong decision they were trying to skip a couple levels of the real estate game so that's something that 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 that's always interesting. and then also uh, real estate is very illiquid, you know so there's a lot of wealth that is not revealed quite yet. and initially the first four, five, six million, even up to ten million, I've talked and interviewed in, interview guys that net worth is 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 um, is at the 10 million mark and and they didn't really realize their wealth until they had the opportunity to have capital events at that maybe five to six million dollar net worth. You have people that um, have businesses where their net worth is you know, now this may be 20 million, but there is a point that it was worth maybe five, six, seven million. And they're like, yeah, my net worth is great, but I really just have a job because it's it's giving me a ton of money. And it's very illiquid until you position yourself to have a capital event. And all of a sudden they realize, well, they're like, oh, shit, I should just had an exit. And then they go in and level up assets, level up in in, in just their um their capabilities, right? So real estate is the same same way. You just have to, with wealth, whether it's building wealth in a business or in real estate, you got to understand that it's a long-term game and it's an un- unsexy game until it gets sexy.
0: <laughs> That's good. I like that. Okay, we got just a couple minutes left. Um, circling back to the real estate, unless there's something, is there some, is there some heartbeat you got going on that you want to share?
1: No, no, go for it. What were you going to say about real estate? Well,
0: I just... I just feel like uh, I'd I'd love to just kind of take a couple minutes and get your insight. Like, where are we at? What's going on? I know nobody has a crystal ball. I'm not asking for the million dollar projection. Where do you think we're at?
1: Well, I think what we're seeing right now is um, it's a transactional recession when it comes down to the sell cycle of it. You know, you don't have an oversupply of the market. Uh so what you're having is you're having an affordability issue because the term is so expensive. So right now you're seeing um you're gonna see prices most likely come down a bit more depending on what the 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 rates are looking at. But when it comes down to investing, like should you invest should you wait should you not wait it's hard to say because you know i'm making investments best based on an infinite game so i also want to make sure that i'm like if you have a finite investment uh you know trajectory i want to make sure that you take finite amount of advice where look, what's it gonna if you're only gonna be there for five years what's that gonna look like but if you're investing over a long period of time then then you always just Buy real estate and wait. But I think it's going to get a lot harder uh, when it comes down to the to the single family game uh, first, and then there's going to be some uh, some blood too with the with some of the larger commercial properties because there's there's a lot of syndicators right now, a lot of people that have bought properties that have five year terms that are maybe you know three four years into their term. So there's going to be the restructuring of that, those assets that's going to make that's going to give us a lot of, a lot of opportunities, but I'm, I'm excited for it because I built my wealth um, during the last downturn. You know, I, I started investing in real estate, you know, oh eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve. 10, 11, 12, I just kept buying. And so you, you build your wealth in, in a mo in a time like this, in a recession, you just happen to collect it on a recovery. I collected it in Oh, eight, nine and 10 and leveled up my assets. So if, if you're, if you're, um, if your horizon is infinite, then then mm-hmm. the investments that you make right now, if you're buying them right and they're fixed, fixed debt, fixed asset, cash flowing assets over an infinite period of time, you're always going to do a fantastic. You know, you're always going to do fantastic on them. Um, but this is going to be the time. I'm I'm thinking this is going to be the time where there's going to be a lot of wealth that's going to be collected in the next ten years.
0: Yeah, so good. Well, man, I just honor. Who you are as a human, as a father, as a husband, as a man, as a friend, as a mentor. Um, any final last words?
1: No, man, I appreciate you, man. I appreciate everything that you're doing, Mike, too. That, like the, the way that you're doing everything for, I think, I think they say like, if, if you want to, if you really want to have impact in the world, you know, um, it, it's, it's not going out there and it's like the biggest impact you could have is, is in your home and creating good humans um, and, and what you're doing with your podcast, what you're doing with your wife and your kids. And, and uh, I think that's amazing, brother. So I want to I want to honor that because the, the, the best way to impact the world is to go home and love your kids and your family and know that there's a lot of people um, that are looking at you and you might be you might be you know everybody's a father to somebody right uh and it might be somebody that's just observing how you live your life so uh, i really honor that man and 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 thank you for putting all the stewardship into into the the podcast and everything that you're doing man and you're gonna you're having a lot of impact on a lot of people even though that some people might just be be looking and observing but uh, i appreciate and I honor that man amazing job
0: i appreciate that i really do and if you want to hear seven to eight you gotta join go abundance but outside of that if people want to go to the Alaska Mastermind or find Daniel, where can they
1: go? They can just go on Instagram. I also operate the you know the second largest, highest producing team in, in California, so real estate team in California. So I'm not a secret agent. Super easy to find me. You can just Google me. <laughs> but um, but yeah, Instagram is probably what all the cool kids are using right now.
0: I like cool. it. Well, again, I appreciate it, man. Thanks for being on the show, and uh, we'll probably have to do it again because I think we just broke the surface.
1: No, man. I, I could. I could. I could have conversations like this with you for, for days, man. We've had them. So I, I know this was going to be a difficult one just under under an hour, but it's, it's always an honor to be able to share some time with you, brother. Yeah.
0: Thank you, sir. If you've found value in this episode and you know someone who's wanting to start or move further along in their journey toward investing for freedom, I would be forever grateful if you would share this show with them and help me get this message out to more listeners.